Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is the iced-in, no-power version of Grilling at the Green with JT. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM 860, The Answer and the Golf News Network and multiple platforms. It takes more than two fingers now, or two hands, to count the platforms we're on out there. This is where we talk to all the carefree souls and the characters that make this game of golf that we love so much kind of worth talking to. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking to Patty Valero from Patty Valero Golf. Patty has got a interesting story about that. Later, we're going to be joined by Jim Dodson, who's... uh, going to be telling us about what's coming up in uh, Global Golf Post in his column this this uh, coming month or this week, excuse me. And this segment is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. So let's uh, get rolling here with Patty. Patty, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. Um, so you've got a really interesting story. We follow each other on Twitter and... Yeah. You know, I just don't, I just don't, if you look at my Twitter account, I don't follow uh, just everybody, but I do follow a lot of people because I, I I think they're interesting. Their stories are interesting and stuff. And if it has anything to do with golf, I'm usually involved with it there and barbecue. But when I, you know, I looked at your little profile and stuff and I thought, here's a lady that's worth following. So we did. And then you kindly followed me back. And then I really read what went on with you. So I'm just going to let you tell your story to okay. to get started here. And so give people a basis of how you took up golf and why. Okay. So you want me to start with the accident? Sure. Okay. So um, I had just gotten a new Harley. I've been riding motorcycles most of my life and had taken every class you can take in in motorcycle safety. But the one variable is the other people on the road. And I was about a block from my house. Um, and my husband and I just separated two weeks prior. So I, I went and bought me a brand new Carly and was riding at home. And the next memory I have is waking up in St. Joseph's Hospital um, to be told that I was in a accident and, um, and my left leg was gone below the knee. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was not um a great time, but uh I rose I actually rose to the challenge. All I wanted to do was go back to the fire department. That was where my whole mindset was was that I was uh not going to let this keep me from going back to my passion and um I just wanted to go back and retire. Yeah. 
but <laughs> but once they but was that not possible? Well, at the time, you know, um, they followed the NFPA, uh-huh. which is the bastion of all things fire fire rescue throughout the nation. And one of the rules was if you had an amputation, um, you could not come back to the fire service. You had to retire or resign. But I could have retired because I, I had been there for about 11 years when the accident happened. Sure. But the good thing that happened, um, the divinity of the whole thing was while I was in the hospital, actually a matter of days after my leg was gone, uh, NFPA changed their ruling and said that you can have a left leg below the knee amputation as long as you could pass the physical agility to come back to the fire service. And that's exactly what I had, left leg below the knee amputation. Did you, so I, did uh, you try? Did you try to pass the agility absolutely, test? Absolutely. Um, they gave me the first test. I passed that. They ended up giving me five tests. Um, they made me do five agility tests. And um, I passed them all and came back. Wow. In my original position, which was a driver, engineer, paramedic. So I drove the engine and uh, fought fire. Wow. That's incredible. That was I went back on the job uh, a year later, and I retired uh, due to longevity or 25 years in 2017. Well, good for you. That, that's, yeah. that shows some real tenacity there, kiddo. I got to say. Absolutely. And, I, you know, one of the main reasons I did it was not for vanity. I, I didn't want to put anybody else at risk. I did it, well, to prove to myself that I could do it. That was, that was number one. But number two was to show the body. Uh, of the fire service, the, the, the guys that and gals that have boots to the ground, that if a worse thing happens to you, you can come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're, be, you're to be commended um, oh. for having, having the tenacity, like I said, the guts, if you will, to, to do that, to step up and do it, because it can't be easy. It's hard enough when you got two, two normal legs without having one that's uh, been damaged. Well, yeah, you know, it was super stressful. I'm not going to say it was easy every shift. You know, I had worries and concerns, but, you know, you just focus on the job that you have. And, and I and I think I did it pretty well. So that's, that's, I didn't even really think of my leg anymore. I just focused on what the call was and, you know, pre-planning before we got there. So, <clears throat> yeah, and, and I owe all that to my, my parents, um, the, the way they brought us up and, my dad was career army and ended up being special forces, uh, green beret. And so I grew up on military bases and he was one of the oldest green berets they ever had. Come on. So, um, he rose to that challenge because it was something he really wanted. Sure. So I think it's, you know, within my DNA that, uh, you know, that you just have to persevere and you got to push forward with what you want. So, so I did. Well, congratulations there, kiddo. So how did you pick up the sticks? Okay, so it's kind of an interesting story. So I was getting ready to turn professional in bowling. Um, I loved bowling. I was pretty darn good at it and got to the point where I did my application to turn professional um, right before the accident happened. And so I knew that I needed to find a sport, something to keep me moving, and um, bowling was out of the question. I tried and fell a lot, and I knew I could be competitive, so I let that go. 
And then I thought, well, I'll, I'll try golf. So I went to play against sports and bought three clubs. I think the total price was maybe $15. Yeah, three clubs. Yeah. <laughs> and I would go to the driving range in the evening. There was a group of six older men that I would meet up there with. And each one of them had their own uh, disability. And uh, so they kind of just uh, helped guide me through it. But it wouldn't be so frustrating and kind of broke down the swing and everything. So I started doing that, and I was very passionate about it. When I wasn't on duty, I would go to the driving range, and I actually took a pitching wedge to the fire station in between calls and training and cleaning and whatever. I'd go out in the backfield and, and hit balls. And um, so, yeah, so that was that. And one evening, I was walking into the uh, driving range to meet my guys there, and I hear somebody go, Patty Valero, what in the world are you doing here? And I turn around, it was my husband. Was your husband and a firefighter also? No, 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 he is not. Okay. And uh, so, but golf has always been his thing since he was a, a very small child. Ah, okay. um, it was not my thing. And so when he saw me walking in there with my three clubs, um, he, he couldn't believe it. So that is what reunited us, golf did. And, you know, most people say that it causes problems in their marriage or they break up because of golf. Golf actually brought me and my husband back together. Yeah. So, you know, Patty, it's funny you say that. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's funny you say oh. that because my wife is like, go, <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> That's give me, wonderful. Give me some free time this afternoon. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he, he's pretty knowledgeable about golf. He's very meticulous. And gets frustrated with me very easily. It took me about a year to learn and understand about what it meant to hit down on the ball. Sure. I couldn't grasp that concept or chipping and pitching. And um, then we got to the point, um, this June was five years that I've played, five years. And it got to the point last year, he said, I can't teach you anything else here. You're going to have to get somebody else. So I ended up getting a coach who I just adore. And she took my game from a 29 handicap to a 13 handicap. Yay. So, oh, yeah. Golf clap. Yeah, yeah, golf clap. And uh, so she's been very instrumental in, in um, me moving forward and has been, uh, you know, my biggest fan when I go to tournaments. There you go. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green and be back with Patty Valero right after this. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back here to Grilling at the Green on AM860, The Answer, the Golf News Network, and like I said, multiple platforms out there. Um, we're talking with Patty Valero here from Florida. And we're going to get back to Patty in just a second. If you are hungry on a Friday nights, try Langdon Farms Grill down there in the south of the city. They've got um, everything still takeout, but you know you can get your prime rib dinner and all that stuff there at Langdon Farms Grill. If you want to contact us, it's very simple. Info at grillingatthegreen.net. And we'd also like to thank the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives, Unmatched Quality and Comfort and Efficiency in your kitchen online at gunterwilhelm.com. Now let's get back and talk some more with Patty Valero. You are a champion also. 
I guess I am. Yeah. I, yes, you are, because going from a 29 to a 13 in about a year or so, uh, which is almost unheard of unless you really put the time in, which you must have. And now, yeah. when, like you said in the last segment, when you're preparing for a tournament, you think everything's like you're going to go to Augusta or the Open or something. So tell us a little bit about what you're a champion of and then how you do prep. Okay. Well, I even even when I go to the driving range, I'm very serious. And um, so, uh, so okay. So I guess my very first championship that I won was the Canadian National. Yeah. Um, never. I was never in Canada. Never been to Canada. My mother loved Canada. She loved to travel, and um, they are wonderful people. I mean, you hear about how nice they are. They truly are. Um, but I was joking with my coach. I've never been to Canada. Wouldn't it be funny? to be, you know, an American that go goes and wins the Canadian national and brings that home. So I did that. And, um, that was a wonderful thing. So it's kind of my little thing that I do now, um, uh, wherever I go, the first day I dedicate to wherever I am. So sure. the first day of the tournament, um, I was all in Canadian, everything you can imagine. And, um, jackets, hats, socks, everything was Canadian. And I was practicing to get out and go for the first round. And there had to be a TV Canadian news there and one of their biggest stations. And the guy came up and did an interview with me. And it was fantastic because when I came down the next morning, I didn't see the show. I was tired. I went back to the room, did my thing, went to sleep to get ready for the next day. When I came down for the breakfast buffet and other players were there, everybody started clapping and a lot of the Canadians said that was the most wonderful thing. They had never had adaptive golf featured like that for that long of a segment. So um, that was just very, very nice. Cool. So I won, I won the Canadian National. So that was a big deal. Um, then I, I've won quite a few. Um, I just won the Michigan State Championship uh, a few months ago. Uh, I won in Vegas last year. and It was our last tournament of the year. And I won that, and um, that's the internationalist. I'm the international champion, and that I'm number one in the world um, in the world golf ranking for folks with disabilities, and that put me on Team USA. So we are going to. We were supposed to go last year, but we're going this year to Wales. The team, some of the team members. And it's going to be a Ryder Cup format, and it's supposedly going to be live. Um, segments of it are going to be live, supposedly on the Golf Channel. Not sure right now after they just made the big changes. Right. But um, so it's Team USA versus Team Europe. It's a very serious competition. Um, so there's been some some beautiful advertising for that, and so I'm I'm just looking forward to that. My first, our first tournament of the season will be in April, and that's in Arizona which I'm very excited. It's in Tucson. I've never been to Arizona. But now that I do my thing with PXG, they're in Scottsdale, which from what I read is about an hour and a half away from Tucson. Right. So I'd like to go there and uh, visit, you know, the actual um, main place that PXG started, which is Scottsdale. So um, I always try to find something else to do when I go out of state or out of the country for a tournament. And my husband's going with me. So he's going to play in, in the tournament. Well, he's in a non-competition bracket, but 
he likes to play. Oh, sure. And, uh, so that's a big, that's a good thing for us um, to share post round. Um, what do I do to get ready? Um, well, I, I do like I've always done. I've always been an athlete, even in high school. I played every single sport in high school except for basketball and was in the band and a cheerleader. So I did everything. And um, I, I'm real serious. You know, I do the carb thing, <laughs> you know, carb yeah. up. Um, I don't, you know, when I'm out on the course, I don't eat like candy or anything like that. I'm very serious about what I have out on the course and I get mentally ready. Usually I go have a lesson with my coach, um, tell her where I'm going. We'll figure out what I'm trying to accomplish, um, where I'm, where I'm coming up like short-sighted on my game right now. Um, and, uh, that's, that's pretty much how I get ready. That do you drink? That's a personal question, I know, but I was just wondering because um, a lot of people in the social aspect of golf, you know, they'll have a couple beers on the course or at the 19th hole, they kick back and have a vodka tonic with their burger or something like that. And, mm -hmm. but I know anymore, a lot of, and I would consider you a professional to a degree because of because of your mental acuity there, you know, and what you're doing. Is your regiment so that no, I can't have that glass of wine or whatever till the end of the day or maybe when the tournament's completely over with? Um, when it's completely over. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I drink um, um occasionally. Sure. But no, I wait till everything's done, said and done. Yeah. You wouldn't fit in with my group. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Got... I still have fun. I mean, I, I have fun. I'm, I always, even when I have a bad round, it's a victory to me. So I still have fun. Um, I just enjoy being out on the course and meeting people and, and people, a lot of people do approach me and ask me questions because they know somebody that's an amputee or, or maybe is getting ready to have an amputation because of, you know, some type of medical issue. But, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I do have fun. Um, we, we do have a little group we routinely play with, but mostly during the week I'm by myself. So I end up playing with just whoever. Sure. And that is so much fun because, you know, I've said this before in other interviews, but when they, when the starter goes, okay, you're going to be playing with her. They look like they do, you know, they drew the short straw. So, um, usually by about the third hole, we're good. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're telling me I need to go, you know, a tee box back and, you know, stuff like that. And then one thing about radio guys, we always say the wrong thing. But right now I've got to say we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Patty Valero right after this on Grilling at the Green. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green and the Patty Valero Comedy Hour here. Um, I'm JT, and we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for sharing time with us and sponsoring this show. It's uh, Beef the Way Nature Intended. And also Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices, benhogangolf.com. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, folks, I can't tell you what Patty and I were talking about off the air there, but it... Believe me, it was worth a laugh. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So in all of your travels now, 
and you were talking about how people, you know, sometimes when they pair you with people on the golf course and stuff, they, they kind of look at you like, oh boy. And then, like you said, three holes later, they're like, you take the black tip tees and I'll go up here to the ladies tees. <coughs> okay. Not quite that dramatic, but yeah, it happens. Are you good with it? I mean, have you come to terms with, with everything? Oh, absolutely. You know, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. I truly believe that. That's how I feel about me and my life right now. Um, and I'm not delusional. It really is the best thing that ever happened to me because it kind of was a reset on my life. My life was kind of spinning out of control. And I really thought I was bigger than I really was. And it, and it let me know who I am in this world. And it let me know what I have. And what all that I was pretty much left with after my accident, you know, you're weak, you're missing a limb. Um, all I had left was uh, my drive. And so I just focused on my drive. And I took things one at a time. And the first thing item on my shelf was getting back to the job. Not because I needed the money or anything. I'm not wealthy, but I could have retired back then. But um, it, that's just who I am. That's yeah. who I was. Yeah. And uh, once I did that, then it was time for a sport. I'm always going to have some sport. And golf is a lifelong sport, um, especially being involved in, in disabled golf. I see every imaginable type of malady out there. And I get inspired by some of the people I play with. They just floor me with how they overcame their disability. And um, so that's where I kind of sat my strength is from them. And now I truly do feel like I am, I'm representing everyone in the disabled community, just like I did when I was a firefighter. I'm representing all firefighters and you act accordingly. Sure. You know, so um, that's, that's, I, I really truly think it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, it kept me grounded. Um, and I have been put in the most, amazing situation that I would have never, ever been able to, to participate in if I had not lost my leg. So you, there you go. You're part of the PXG heroes program. I, I honestly don't know much about that. How, oh, I'll be happy to tell you real quickly. Did they come so, to you or did you go to they them? Did. They came to me. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, my husband wanted, I was using old clubs when I started, he had some clubs and he let me use them. And he said, you know, why don't you buy yourself a set of clubs? And I said, well, you know, I know what I like, which is PXG. And, um, but I ended up getting, um, a different brand and because I didn't know about the heroes program. Sure. Um, but I did, a, I, I bought some of their things, you know, and hats and whatever. And I just went on Twitter and wore those things and just talked about my game. Or I even show the ugly parts of my game. I don't know if you've seen some of my videos on there, but, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, film me on this one. It's just a little pitch shot up onto the green. And, and I, you know, I blade it right into the water, but, um, and well, I put that on there. Well, that's just so, normal though. Everybody does that. Well, absolutely. So, um, yes, yeah, they came to me they were looking to add another team member um, and they have different team members in different parts of the United States. Um, but all of us have one commonality is that we have some form of 
disability. And, um, but some are, some are, well, some people aren't, you know, they're uh, retired military or retired. Well, I'm the only first responder, I believe. And I think I'm the first woman they've ever had. So I'm used to hearing that in my lifetime, especially at the time I went into the fire service. There was not very many of us. So that didn't uh, bother me at all. But it was a pretty serious interview process, which I would expect that from a a company like that. Sure. Um, You're going to be wearing their stuff. They want to make sure they pick the person that's just perfect for what they're looking for. And um, so I I wanted it. I did. I wanted it. But I I told my husband before I bought my clubs, I said, look, I'm not going to buy clubs till I feel like my game's good enough for me to buy a set of clubs. Gee, it's a big investment. Sure. And um, so I was one of the people out there that didn't know about the Heroes program. And I thought, okay, that these clubs are gonna, a full set's going to cost me, you know, quite a bit. And with the Heroes program, what they do, because Bob Parsons is a retired Marine, and he started the Heroes program a few years ago um, to give back to, because he felt like he was in a position then to give back to the people that give everything for their country and, you know, um, and for their, their locality, you know, first responders. So what it is that they have clubs that are reduced significantly. I mean, significantly. Yeah. Um, that's how I got my first, um, three wood from them and hybrid from them. It was, you know, it was way, the price was kind of high, but you know, it's a beautiful club. And, um, I paid, pennies on the dollar for it because I was in the heroes program. Sure. So that's a way to pass on a, a, an upper tier club um, to people he feels like deserve something, some kind of recognition or, or a gift, essentially it's a gift from him. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. So, you know, throughout the year and it's always there. If you go on the site, it will always say, you know, heroes program price. And it's not hard to do. You just have, there's a, a company, it's called Get Verified. Yep. And uh, you just go through them. You just answer a few questions and um, they'll they'll either tell you whether you, you're verified or you're not. Um, and then from then on, every time you pull at the P, PXG site, at the very top, it'll be in red and it'll say Verified Hero. So it will show the reduced price on there. Cool. So that's what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Very cool. So you, you can be retired military first responder you can be a current first responder in military and still get it get the reduced price oh that's really nice uh yeah it is. <clears throat> speaking of reduced price um my buddy bruce Furman, who's the head of instruction down at langdon farms uh <clears throat> he always tells me to reduce but not so much my price but just looking at me as a mass you know <laughs> so, so here's our <laughs> weekly golf tip from bruce Furman. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. We're talking with Patty Valero here from Patty Valero Garf- Golf. If you go on Twitter, it's that's her handle, Patty Valero Golf. Okay. So you can follow her on Twitter. And I know you probably have Instagram and all that other stuff, but I'm a Twitter guy. And uh, yeah. I'm and a Twitter guy. Yeah, I know you are. That's <laughs> how we found each other. You know, that's like, how we found it's such that's, a lovely story. Yes, it is. Um, but it a great journey. One made for the ages. <clears throat> um, we're going to take a break. And actually, Jim Dodson is going to be up with us next to talk about Global Golf Post. 
but Patty is going to stick around and do the after hours so we can really swear and think what say what we really think. So, um, Patty, you're going to stick with us. We got uh, Dodson coming up next, and Patty's going to be on the after hours, and you're listening to what? Oh, I don't know. Grilling at the Green. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club. Today's tip is uh, talks about I'm going to talk about the downswing, how to start your downswing. Um, one aspect of it that a lot of people really don't realize is that when you start your downswing, you, you do start from the ground up. You start with your feet, you shift your weight forward. But as you swing down, you're going to rotate the handle of the golf club in a counterclockwise manner, and that helps you square up the face at impact. And that starts from the top of the swing. And all players have some rotation from the from the start of the downswing, and that helps you flex your wrist or get that wrist into a bowed position at impact, which de-lofts it. The, the great Mickey Wright, um, who a lot of people think maybe had the best swing of all time, wrote about this in, in, in her book, and she described it as squeezing the last two fingers of the left hand to have the club head fall behind the hands and get that rotation where you're on plane and you're and you're de-lofting the golf club and you're rotating it to square at impact. So give that a try. I think it'll help you. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Um, I'm JT, and you're listening to us, of course, on AM860, The Answer here in Portland, Golf News Network, and uh, 143,000 platforms out there. I think that is what's on now. Anyway, we've got our my good friend Jim Dodson from Global Golf Post. Uh, to, to uh, tell us what this week's or this month's column is about on Global Golf. Jim, well, welcome. First off, hey, Jeff. Hope life's going for you pretty well after the excitement of the last few weeks. We could use a little boredom and certainly a little golf. Yes, world, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, my, I, I have a dear old friend. He's well-known in the golf world named Tom Sturry. He owns the, the uh, Old Sport Gallery and Books and Art uh, Gallery in Pinehurst. It's kind of on the square in Pinehurst, and I call him the old... It's the old curiosity shop of golf. It's probably the it is the most probably the most well known shop, golf shop in the world. And it's uh home to, you know, the top art he just which is what Tom Stewart has in this shop is unbelievable. Everything from uh trophies from the Inverness classic to master unbelievable amounts of master's memorabilia, everything signed by every player who ever lived. All the great artists, and I mean painters and, and books going back to the beginning of the game. It's just an extraordinary shop, kind of museum and an artifact, artifact uh, kingdom. Tom uh, has been in business for about, I think, almost 30 years. And he is uh, he's a former head pro down at Audios Club in Florida. He was a PGA merchandiser of the year. This was his kind of retirement plan. He wanted to open this shop, and he did it. And he has un- he has unbelievable things. And anyway, he's a dear friend, and he shocked me around Christmas by saying he was finally going to, I guess, second t- third career. There's no second or third acting in in, in life. Is uh, Fitzgerald dead? But Tom's going to have one. He's going to kind of retire 
um, and he's going to he's going to sell the shop. So um, I know a lot of people. Bernhard Lange is one of his greatest friends, and he has all these. He knows everybody in the golf world, and that's kind of a crossroads of the golf world there. So I showed up there a couple of weeks ago just to visit with him, and it's just kind of a piece is kind of a, hopefully a fun piece that sort of takes you on a tour of the astonishing things in this guy's shop. And Tom himself, who does the what I call the Irish door dance, he knows everybody who comes in the door, and he's a rip on tour, and you get a story behind everything. And <laughs> so it's really kind of a celebration of, of one man's love of the game and and, and amazing things that you'll never see anyplace else. He once had, you can imagine this, uh, Samuel Ryder's desk, who, you know, who gave yeah. the trophy to start the Ryder Cup, uh, and, and sold it. And, you know, so it's, it's just, he just has amazing things. So that's, that's my little love poem to things we, artifacts and things we can collect in golf, uh, that are just amazing. So I've got a question for you. Every time you see him, yeah. <clears throat> which he's not mm-hmm. right next door to you, but when you make the trip and go see the, do you come out of the store empty, ha- empty handed, Jim? Never, absolutely <laughs> never. In fact, this this time because he's, I don't think he's having a going out of business sale because he's not really going out of business. He wants to he wants to hand it off to somebody who really loves golf and wants to make a hundred and ten or twenty thousand a year just being a leisure. Uh, caretaker on the corner of the most traveled corner of golf in America. And uh, so he wants to find the right person to sell this stuff to, because it is amazing again, what's in there. Uh, he all, every time I go in there, I find a book. Uh, I've, I've found amazing books that have helped me in my golf writing life. And, uh, but also uh, this time I told him, I told Tom I'm coming off kind of a knee injury and I'm going to walk a lot this year. And so um because we've been friends forever and he sells a lot of my books and every other golf writer's books. Um, he gave me a very good deal on a little adorable little plaid walking bag. It can hold about 11 clubs. It's perfect. Uh, so yeah, that's what I came out <laughs> with, and it was the right price. I think it was like, uh, I had to buy him lunch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the quill and drum around the corner, uh, which is another reason to go there because the quill and drum around the corner is one of the best kind of fun golf restaurants in the world. You'll see everybody in the, when you come to Pinehurst, you, you have to make three stops. You have to go to the Pinecrest porch in the evening to have your drink on the porch. Right. Uh, and we're already, and then you got to go to Tom's shop uh, to just to see what's in there and, 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 and see people you'll run into the famous and the, and the unknown and people who just adore game and collectors galore. And then you have to go and the quill and drum is one of the great restaurants of the golf world too. So it's not quite up there with Dugan's. Uh, but it's really good. I, uh, I've been getting a little pressure cause my wife's going to retire here in about a year. And, yeah. um, she doesn't think I really work anyway. So, um, yeah. she, she's like, let's, why don't we move somewhere and retire? Ah, so you want to, you want to be caught? You want to own a golf shop? I was, you know, you just re- flashed through my head when you, well, were, you when, know, I'll tell you, every fourth person that comes in that shop, and Tom is the most gregarious Irishman in the world. I'm thinking of maybe I, I should buy that shop, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's a beautiful building. It's in the Harvard building. It's a historic building right in the middle of the square there. Excellent. Jim Dodson from Global Golf Post finally got him back in the golf writing business, and we're so glad for that. Jim, um, you and I will be talking in a few minutes after the show, but I want to thank you for sharing with us today. My pleasure, guys. No, no problem. Um, next week, we've got Samantha Marks coming to visit with us. So until then, everybody, uh, enjoy your golf game.
Take care. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.